Psychiatry has a marketing problem. No one wants to be labeled as defective or abnormal. If you call somebody mental, you're shaming them. It's not accurate. These are brain health issues. Of course, depression exists, but it's not really an illness. It's a cluster of symptoms that have many different causes. I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I'm a fan of accurate thinking. How we're going to end mental illness is we're going to create a revolution. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Super excited about today's episode. I've had a lot of amazing guests, but I don't think any of them have spoken at the White House. (laughs) Um, Today's guest definitely has that on his resume. It's an incredible conversation, and he's been on a lot of podcasts, a lot of shows, a lot of interviews, but hopefully what makes this interview a little special is that I actually underwent the brain spec imaging that he talks about, so you get to hear my personal experience, what my brain actually looked like, and what you can learn from his approach. It's so fascinating, and I hope you find it helpful. What I really love about Dr. Amen is he takes what is, in my opinion, a truly holistic perspective of mental health issues from all the environmental factors, genetics, traumas, psychological aspects, so many things, and he realizes there isn't one answer to everything. I love that he actually is open to pharmaceuticals, but he also knows the power of nutraceuticals, and he thinks that certain things are appropriate depending on the individual. I just think it's a really thorough, nuanced perspective. And I'm excited to hear what you guys think. The show notes for today's episode will be at melanieavalon.com slash brain scan. You definitely want to check out those show notes because that's where the picture of my brain will be. Also, there will be a full transcript of the episode. There will also be a giveaway for this episode. All you have to do is join my Facebook group, IF Biohackers. The pin post will be about this episode. And all you do is comment something you learned, something that resonated with you, something you have questions about really anything. And I'll enter you to win something I love. Hi friends. Welcome back to the show. So I am here with a man who honestly needs no introduction, but I will introduce him anyway. He has been called by the Washington Post, the most popular psychiatrist in America. He's a 12-time New York Times bestselling author. He is well-known for something we're going to talk about a lot in this episode, which is his work in brain imaging. Very, very fascinating. And he has a brand new book out, The End of Mental Illness, How Neuroscience is Transforming Psychiatry and Helping Prevent or Reverse Mood and Anxiety Disorders, ADHD, Addictions, PTSD, Psychosis, Personality Disorders, and more. Friends, listeners, you guys know I read a lot of books, but this book was a wonder. It was one of the most comprehensive, enlightening, no pun intended, overviews of the brain that I have ever had the pleasure of engaging with. So I am here with Dr. Daniel Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Well, what a joy to be with you, and thank you for helping me share my work. No, I am so grateful for the work that you're doing. And so for listeners who aren't familiar, you are the really the, the pioneer in bringing to the public and making accessible brain spec imaging. And I'm so excited for my audience. I actually had the procedure done and we're going to talk about that in this episode, but basically this is very evident in your book, The End of Mental Illness, but you put forth this idea, which is a bit of a paradigm shift. Well, I know there's a lot of approaches to, I have to use this word, not lightly, mental illness, because you talk about how we should reframe what mental illness even is. But, you know, there's so many approaches to it, and you really bring forth this paradigm where mental illness, if we call it that, is a real thing. And you talk about how we should look at the brain as any other organ in the body. And we should, you know, we should scan it, we should look at it, we should find what's wrong, and then we should create a comprehensive approach that addresses it. 
So I thought that was how we could kind of start this conversation. I know it's such a vague question, but how do you view mental illness and why do you think that we should reframe it as brain health and mental health issues? I hate the term mental illness. I've actually always hated it. I have always, even when I was a young medical student, I decided to be a psychiatrist. It's just, it's a bad term because, you know, if you call somebody mental, you're shaming them and it's not accurate. These are brain health issues. And when I started looking at the brain in the late 1980s, it just became even clearer to me that we're not, psychiatric problems are not mental illnesses, they're brain health issues. And what I've found is if I help you get your brain right, well, then your mind will follow. And we psychiatry has a marketing problem. Nobody really wants to see a psychiatrist. No one wants to be labeled as defective or abnormal, but everybody wants a better brain. So what if mental health was really brain health and how we're going to end mental illness is we're going to create a revolution in brain health. And most psychiatrists, they never look at your brain. And they also don't talk to you about, well, how to keep your brain healthy. You know, So why you shouldn't drink is drinking decreases blood flow to the brain. And so if you prematurely age your brain, well, that's not going to be helpful to how you feel, how you act, how you think. And so just radically shifting the conversation and then the interventions. In our experience, we have the best outcomes in treatment-resistant patients of anybody I know that publishes their outcomes. And that's sort of exciting. Yeah, that is absolutely incredible. And so mental health issues. Is it possible to be born in today's society with no, quote, mental health issues? Because you talk in your book about all the different factors that are involved. You have your, your bright minds, which are a lot of risk factors that can create these mental health issues. Is it even possible to have a mental health issue free brain? Like, where do you think it starts? Where do you fall in the nature versus nurture debate? I'm just wondering if it's possible to have a blank slate. Yeah, it's, it's a bad debate because it's always both. And whenever I evaluate someone, I'm always thinking of them in four big circles. So what's the biology? You know, what's the physical functioning of your brain and your body? Because if your thyroid's not right, your brain's not going to be right. If your gut's not right, your brain's not right. So really understanding the physiology of the brain and the body, which is why I think imaging is so important. And then there's a psychological circle, which is how you think in your development. Then there's a social circle. So if you think of the biology as the hardware of your brain, psychology is the software and then the social circle are like the network connections because who you hang out with matters and you know we're in the middle of this pandemic which has increased everybody's baseline stress 50 percent. and then the fourth circle is the spiritual circle which is why do you care why are you on the planet what's your deepest sense of meaning and purpose you know, if I saw you as patient, I would really want to know your brain and we got to look at your brain. But that's only a piece of who you are. And so people get well or sick in those four circles. All of them add to your health or your illness. And so there's a part of genetics that I'm pretty interested in called epigenetics. So that means you inherit what happened to your mom or what happened to your dad, both good and bad, right? So you inherit some of their resilience 
but you also inherit some of their vulnerabilities. Yeah, it's so fascinating. I particularly am really interested in the work of David Sinclair and genetics. And I've had him on the show a few times talking about the role of epigenetics. And I've always wondered about, it's fascinating, the idea of like stress, for example, transferring through generations to the baby. And then you're speaking about the social circle. One of the most fascinating things I learned in your book was you talked about how, I don't remember when they did this experiment, but it was some experiment where they raised the babies with no touch or no language and that they died which is just really, I mean, that, that was shocking to me. So it really makes me wonder right now, especially with COVID and the quarantine situation, what are the long-term implications of this social isolation, for example? What are your thoughts on that? Well, maybe even generational consequences of the pandemic. I remember when the pandemic happened, for me, it was March 10th. I was, the end of mental illness had just come out and I was supposed to go to New York to be on the Mel Robbins show, a nationally syndicated television show. And the producer called me and said, don't come, we're closing the studio. And I wrote that night, mental hygiene is just as important as washing your hands. And then I wrote down pandemic squared. This pandemic is going to cause another one. And the one it's causing is a mental health pandemic that we're actually running out of Zoloft. One of the good antidepressants. The incidence of anxiety, depression, suicide, post-traumatic stress disorder, grief, is addictions are skyrocketing. And in nine months, we're going to have a whole bunch more babies because people have more time. And we're going to have a lot more divorce because people are like, if I'm going to be in a pandemic, I don't want to be in one with you. <laughs> So thankfully, my wife and I are closer, but we have the rule in our house that this is stressful. You get a tantrum a week and nobody will say anything to you. Now, more than once once a week, then we have to talk about it, but it's stressful. And the stress is changing the eggs in your ovaries, which means it's just not affecting you. It's going to affect your future babies and grandbabies. What have you seen with your patients and in your work? So when one is exposed to a chronic stress situation, for example, this quarantine situation, is there a certain timeline that's needed for it to create lasting effects in the person? Or is it more on an individual basis? I know, for example, you talk about in the book how with PTSD that the amount of brain reserve a person has can determine whether or not a trauma becomes post-traumatic. So like with this COVID situation, do you think some people it's going to have more lasting effects than others? And what might be the determining factor there? You know, it depends on the health of your brain going into the pandemic. So a long time ago, I coined this term brain reserve. It's the extra tissue you have to deal with whatever stress comes your way. And you know, it starts actually before you were born, you know, when your parents had you, were they healthy? Because if they weren't, you don't have as much reserve. And then what happened to you when you were inside your mother's womb? How healthy was she? Was she going through a great deal of stress? Or did she eat well, take her vitamins and, you know, have a reasonably healthy time? Your birth, the world is the most dangerous the day you're born. So did you have the cord wrapped around your neck? Or were you somebody take forceps and drag you out? And then, you know, as you go through your childhood, how did they feed you? Did you have falls? Did your parents let you play contact sports? I mean, all of that matters to the level of reserve you're bringing in to an accident or pandemic or divorce or job loss. And so not everyone who has a negative event, I lost my dad a month ago, not everyone who goes through a negative event has negative consequences. It depends. And I often, when I take a history for my patients, is I use the term stacked stresses. It's like, well, let's look at, you know, when you got depressed, 
well, how many stresses did you have leading up to that? So I saw a new patient yesterday and she had surgery twice in January. Nobody knows general anesthesia can hit your brain in a negative way. So she had surgery and then complications and then the pandemic and lost a friend and lost another friend and lost another friend. Those things stack and then you end up with darkness and people go, oh, it's depression. Take an SSRI. And I'm like, it's way more complicated than that. But sort of understanding her in four circles then helps me intervene properly with the right nutrients to help her biology, teaching her to kill the ants, automatic negative thoughts that help her mind, make sure her connections are good, and getting back into a deep sense of purpose. All of those things help. Hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th Annual Biohacking Conference. May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando, and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and Dry Farm Wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. I did a lot of research on infrared saunas before deciding on them. Their saunas are so high quality, they're low EMF. And what I really love is they have a solo unit, that's what I have, and it's really great if you live in a small apartment, might be moving, it's just really an amazing investment and they have incredible deals and offers on it right now. You can actually get up to $200 off with the code Melanie Avalon, or if you're talking to a rep, just tell them that I sent you. And like I said, that will be up to $200 off and that will also get you $99 shipping. Normally the shipping is like $600. So that's a really, really big deal. And if you do purchase a sauna, forward your proof of purchase to podcast at melanieavalon.com. And I will also send you a signed copy of my book, What, When, Why. If you'd like to learn more about the science of sauna, two resources. I interviewed the founder of Sunlighten, Connie Zach. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I also recently did an epic blog post all about the science of sauna. We'll also put that in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. Yeah, it's sort of like the tipping point feeling where all these things built up and then just that last one. I'm sorry, were you using that as an example or did you say your dad passed away a month ago? My dad did pass away. I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, I mean, in the middle of COVID and Zoom, Zoom funerals and all of that. But, you know, I've been helping people with grief for a long time. And one of my patients who had lost her 12-year-old daughter to bone cancer, you know, as she was getting well, she said, I want you to tell people never to let grief be your excuse to hurt yourself. 
And so through this time, I mean, supporting my mom, that's been really important to me. But then just engaging in the right mental hygiene, in the right discipline has been so helpful. And, you know, I'm grateful for what I do because it helps, right? I mean, if you're helping someone else, and you've probably found this as well, is you're helping someone else, it always helps you. Yeah, it's so true. It's interesting. So I've had my own, you know, health challenges, which like I never really had growing up. I didn't identify as having stress or anxiety or anything like that. That mostly started, it really started with digestive issues and then a slew of other things, mercury toxicities and chronic infections. But in any case, the point is dealing with all of that chronically has made me constantly search for tools. You were talking about like gratitude, you know, tools in my toolbox to constantly deal with uncertainty, deal with anxiety. So when the quarantine situation and COVID and all that happened, it was almost like because I'd been dealing with chronic anxiety and uncertainty and had these tools that I'd been using, it wasn't that much of a change in a way. And I thought it was just me thinking this, but I was interviewing Dr. Will Cole, who wrote The Inflammation Spectrum, and he works with a lot of autoimmune patients. And he was saying that a lot of his patients were having that same experience. So it's really nice to be having these tools for mental hygiene, like you call it, and be sharing them with others and keep using them. They are great. So one thing you just spoke to labels when it comes to mental health conditions One thing that really resonated with me in your book, for example, was, so when I think about something like anxiety or depression, I was thinking about this the other day, like depression, I think people will give it one word, like, oh, it's depression. Um, And you're talking about how prescriptions for Zoloft are going way up. But I would think about it and I'd be like, I feel like there's a lot of different types of depression because some people might exhibit like the behavior of depression where they're withdrawn, you know, not engaging with people, low energy, but they might still have a sense of hope. Whereas other people, you know, might, it seems like there were a lot of different types. And then you said in your book (laughs) that there are actually like seven different types of depression. So I was wondering, what are your thoughts on these labels when it comes to mental health conditions? And do you think if we didn't have labels, so like if we didn't have the idea of depression, we didn't have the idea of anxiety, we didn't have all of these labels, do you think they maybe wouldn't exist? I know that's like a really esoteric question, but what are your thoughts on that? No, I think they'd still exist. Like you wouldn't say chest pain doesn't exist because people experience it. But we also don't use it as a diagnostic category because it doesn't tell you what it is or what to do for it. And so, of course, depression exists. But it's not really an illness. It's a cluster of symptoms that have many different causes, like chest pain. And because we don't look at the brain, we assume it's one thing. For some reason, we think it's a serotonin deficiency, and it's not. You know, I mean, some people have a serotonin deficiency, and giving them serotonin helps. Other people, it actually hurts them. And so, our language is bad. Our diagnostic categories are inadequate, and we just need to throw it out and start again. And that was sort of the whole idea behind the end of mental illness. They're not mental, they're brain. Get your brain right, and your mind will follow. I'm in a new docu-series with Justin Bieber, and I've been Justin's doctor for a long time. And, you know, he'd come and then he'd go and he'd do what I asked and then he wouldn't. And he, you know, I mean, he's a superstar. So he's entitled to listen or not to his doctor. And, but one day last spring, he came into my office and he said, my brain is an organ, just like my heart is an organ. If you told me I had heart problems, I'd do everything you said. So now I'm going to do everything you say. And it was that epiphany of get my brain right and then my mind will follow. He's just done spectacularly well. And I could give him like seven different psychiatric disorders, but how the heck is that helpful? You know, what's helpful is what are your strengths? 
where are you suffering, and how can I improve each of those four circles? And when you do that, people tend to get better. So, and you'd already said you suffered with infections and gut health, which both impact your brain. And so getting those right is absolutely essential to getting your mind right, that your brain, the physical functioning moment by moment of your brain creates your mind. It's not the other way around. And you really understand it when you look at people with serious brain issues. And in my books, not this one, but in Change Your Brain, Change Your Life and Feel Better Fast, I talk about the story, my passion story, which is about Andrew, my nephew. So I started SPECT in 1991, and I got no end of grief from my colleagues calling me all sorts of bad names because I'm a psychiatrist and psychiatrists don't look at the brain. But, you know, I'm, I'm not big on authority. If you talk to my parents, they would say I was a pain in the neck when I was a teenager because I'd always go, why? How do you know? Well, that's dumb. <laughs> and so... I started imaging and I got all this criticism and I fought back, but I was pretty anxious about the whole thing for the first four years. And then one day I got a call from my sister-in-law, Sherry, who told me my nine-year-old nephew, Andrew, who's also my godson, attacked a little girl on the baseball field for no particular reason, like out of the blue. And I'm horrified. And I'm like, what else is going on with him? And she said, Danny, He's different. He's mean. He doesn't smile anymore. I went into his room today and found two pictures he had drawn. One of them, he was hanging from a tree in a suicide attempt. The other one, he was shooting other children. And I'm horrified. I mean, you know, in retrospect, he was Columbine or Aurora or Sandy Hook waiting to happen. And But I'd already scanned hundreds of people, and I'm like, he's got a temporal lobe problem. Because when you damage one or both of your temporal lobes, you can get these dark, evil, awful thoughts. And so the next day, they came from Southern California to Northern California, where I was living at the time. And I'm like, buddy, what's going on? And he said, Uncle Danny, I don't know. I'm mad all the time. I'm like, is anybody hurting you? He said, no. Is anybody teasing you? No. Is anybody touching you in places they shouldn't be touching you? No. And when I scanned him, we found he had a cyst the size of a golf ball occupying the space of his left temporal lobe. And when we took it out, his behavior completely went back to normal. And it was at that moment I lost my anxiety. And I just didn't care anymore if you didn't like me. If you don't look, you don't know. Stop lying. Let's change how mental health is practiced because it's brain health. It's not mental health. The amount of shame that surrounds mental health diagnostics and labels is just, I mean, it's its insane. Any other illness or thing, malady suffered by the body, it's expected that you take some sort of medicine or do some sort of route to fix it. And there's not, I mean, there might be with some lifestyle type things, some sense of responsibility, but it seems like with mental health conditions that there is just this shame surrounding it. So I love that you are literally opening our eyes to what might be going on. So to that point, these brain scans, so how do they actually work? So I got one done, listeners. You take a radioactive isotope. Does the isotope, does it have to do with energy and blood flow in the brain? Like, how can we see where the issues might be? So SPECT is a nuclear medicine study. They've been doing nuclear medicine procedures for 50 years or longer. And it looks at blood flow and activity, looks at how your brain works. So what we do is we take... Uh, very small dose of a radioisotope. We use one called technetium, actually discovered by Madame Curie, and combine it with a substance that's easily taken up by cells in the brain, Ceratec. 
is the medicine we use. So we make Seratac and then we inject it. And the reason we do that, and they're like, oh my God, radioisotope. Yes, it's about the same radiation as a CAT scan that is done millions of times every year in the United States. So standard medical procedure. I mean, you don't do it for fun, although I have to full disclosure. When I met my wife, two and a half weeks later, I scanned her because I wanted to know if I really wanted. (laughs) Make sure you're compatible. (laughs) Yeah. And then if you date any of my children, I have four children, you get scanned. If I think you're going to stick around, I mean, one of them, she went through a guy every month. So I'm like, you know, you got to stick. But once, you know, Kyle's stuck, you got to get scanned. It's not to weed people in or out. It's just if your brain's not right, you have to be willing to do the right thing. Address it. To fix it. Yeah. Anyways, so we inject the medicine. It goes and locks in your brain in about two minutes. And then you lay on a table and the camera takes a picture of where the medicine went. And because it's a nuclear procedure, SPECT actually stands for single photon emission computed tomography, which basically means we're getting this 3D look at your brain and the photons act like little pieces of light where we can track where they went in your brain. And we get about 10 million counts. So your scan is made up of 10 million counts or 10 million times the photons hit the crystals in the camera. And then we process it and get this beautiful 3D look at your brain. And it basically tells us three things. Good activity, so areas with good activity and you have many, areas with too little activity, and you have a couple, and areas where it's too much. And for yours, your emotional brain was pretty busy, but it looked like there was some toxicity in your brain. It's a little bumpier than we would want it to be for your age. And the little holes, you don't have holes in your brain. But that just means lower blood flow. And that can go with heavy metal toxicity. It can go with Lyme disease. But when I would first, when I first started to see this pattern, I'm like, so why is she being poisoned? And, you know, it could be drugs or alcohol. And that's why I'm not a fan of drugs or alcohol for brain health. But a lot of times it happened for my patients that weren't drinking or weren't smoking pot. And I'm like, oh, it could be mold exposure. It could be Lyme or other infections. I'm sort of excited to see what COVID does to the brain. And working up and treating toxins and infections has just been so helpful for many of my patients. Yeah, so for listeners, the show notes for today's episode will be at melanieavalon.com slash brain scan. I'll actually put there the picture of my brain, (laughs) brain scan, so you can see the type of imaging that you can get from this technology. When I was emailing your assistant, I emailed them and I said, I thought that it would probably show scalloping and decreased perfusion on surface spec due to a history of mercury toxicity, carbon monoxide, and black mold poisoning. So... Is that something that you see evidence of in this picture? And tell me about the carbon monoxide. I was living in an apartment. Really, I I started feeling unwell after I graduated from USC. And I moved into an apartment that when I moved out of two years later, I realized that every time I was using the oven at night, it was releasing carbon monoxide poisoning. I finally had the gas company come like when I was moving out. And they were like, oh, this should not have been on like ever. (laughs) And there was also black mold everywhere. I realized when I moved my bed that there was black mold underneath it. And then I since then got mercury toxicity. My blood levels were over 30, which is not good. So this brain has been through a lot. I also dropped a lava lamp on my head. (laughs) So I saw that. I saw that, which was crazy. And All of those things stacked. So when I talked about stacked stresses, 
that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. I have a really quick specific question. So for listeners who are looking at the show notes, the lower right image of the brain where it does look like there's a hole. Is that what you were referring to? Is that an actual hole? It's low blood flow. You don't have any holes in your brain. Yeah. We're looking at function, not structure. And what the hole indicates is decreased blood flow in that area. So you actually have a beautiful brain. So the outside of your brain is beautiful. So there is not anything you cannot do because of your brain, but it's not as healthy as it could be. And the scalloping, the bumpiness, yes, you see it in the bottom right image, the best. And those holes indicate for your age, that's not a good thing. So we need to fix it. And that's the exciting piece. And so brain health is basically three things. Brain envy, you got to care about it. Avoid anything that hurts it, right? It's already been assaulted. And, you know, to have a discussion with a psychiatrist and you're talking about black mold, most psychiatrists would roll their eyes because they have no idea what that means. Carbon monoxide, they'd go, right. And mercury. Most psychiatrists never ask about these things. And if you tell them, they diminish you as if you're histrionic. When those things are real, they're additive and they're important to heal. Hi, friends. Okay, so I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So, as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near infrared for so long. And at the same time, during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near-infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution. And guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, it was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, it's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus, or SCN, in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet. Because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time, that's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful 
for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a Juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an ear infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code Melanie Avalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. Hi friends, an incredible fasting aid is coffee. Yes, I am all about the coffee. I am a huge fan of its health benefits as well as how it can support your fast and really help with energy and fat burning. And I have a big announcement. The brand of coffee that I have been drinking for an entire decade now, I am no longer drinking. There's some drama, there's some science, and I'm about to tell you how to get a discount on my new favorite coffee. So I've been drinking the coffee formerly known as Dave Asprey's Bulletproof Coffee for literally a decade. I do not drink it now, so this is not a Bulletproof Coffee commercial, but I started drinking it because I so trusted Dave and his obsession in creating mold-free coffee because moldy coffee beans is a huge problem and a lot of people can get health issues, brain fog, and crash after coffee because of the mold contamination. Dave has been talking about this for so long, so I really trusted him and I would drink Bulletproof Coffee, which I absolutely loved and loved that it was mold-free. Then there was some drama. Dave sort of got kicked out of Bulletproof. He might be going back. There's a lot of stuff going on with that. Follow him on Instagram if you want to learn more about that. He even talked about it at the recent biohacking conference. But in any case, (laughs) drama aside, he can no longer speak to Bulletproof Coffee as to whether or not it is mold-free. And he ended up making a coffee even better than Bulletproof Coffee, and it is called Danger Coffee, and friends, I love it. It's the first coffee that is not only mold-free, but actually can help you remineralize. Yep, that's right. Danger Coffee contains a patent-pending formula that actually remineralizes your body with more than 50 trace minerals, nutrients, and electrolytes. On top of that, it is super clean. I know people like to see organic labels. Friends, I have learned so much about the certification industry. And honestly, the best of the best is finding people that you trust who do extensive testing and third-party certification. That's what I do with my Avalon X supplements. And that's what Dave does with Danger Coffee. So with Danger Coffee, they use a process that far exceeds government and industry standards. And it is third-party lab tested. So you can rest assured it is free of mold toxins. As for the flavor, Dave selected these hand-picked farm direct beans for their quality, their superb flavor, and their elevated performance. I love the taste of it. It's much richer and more nuanced than Bulletproof Coffee. It's honestly one of the best coffees I've ever tasted, and it's so exciting to know that when I'm drinking it, I'm actually helping to remineralize my body. So that's right. If you want your coffee to contain antioxidants, anti-inflammatories, micronutrients, and help optimize your fasting, you want Danger Coffee. And of course, I have a discount for you guys. You can go to melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off. Again, that is melanieavalon.com slash dangercoffee with the coupon code melanieavalon for 10% off. This is my favorite coffee. Like I said, it takes some really good coffee and convincing biohacking health reasons to break me from my 10-year decade bulletproof coffee habit but sometimes you just got to upgrade. And by the way, this would make epic presents for people. This can just become your go-to present. Not only will people love it, but you'll be helping their health as well. Everybody wins. MelanieAvalon.com slash Danger Coffee with the coupon code Danger Coffee. Friends, you guys know I love wine. Do you love wine? I've done a lot of research on wine and I truly believe there are a myriad of health benefits 
The longest lived populations drink wine. The polyphenols have a ton of potential health benefits, activating anti-aging sirtuins, potentially supporting our immunity, maybe even encouraging weight loss. Yep, it's actually not alcohol that makes people gain weight, it's what they eat when they drink. But if you want all of the benefits of wine, the type of wine you're drinking is key. Conventional wine in the US is often full of toxins. We're talking things like pesticides, mold, and additives. Dyes, colorizers, artificial flavors. Have you even seen some wine that says vegan? That's because conventional wine isn't even necessarily vegan because of the additives. I am obsessed with a company called Dry Farm Wines. They're not a wine producer, but rather a wine investigator. They go all throughout Europe and they find the wineries practicing organic practices, and then they test those wines to make sure the wines are, wait for it, low alcohol, low sugar, free of toxins, free of mold, and truly supportive of your health. I'm obsessed with Dry Farm Wines. One of the most fun things for me as a wine lover is you get mixed boxes of wine and it introduces you to varietals from all over the world. The wines taste amazing and you can say goodbye to hangovers. If you think you can't drink wine, you've got to try Dry Farm Wines. I am obsessed. You can get a bottle for a penny. Yes, a penny. Just go to dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon and use the coupon code Melanie Avalon to claim your penny bottle. That's dryfarmwines.com slash Melanie Avalon. All right, now back to the show. Actually, to that point, I remember I was auditioning different therapists and I met with one therapist and I was talking about some symptoms that I would have, like physical symptoms of things like, especially you talk in your book, you know, about all the different factors, hormones, mold, toxicity, all these things. So I was talking about physical symptoms I was experiencing and he was like, well, you know, that actually all lines up with anxiety. So maybe it's just anxiety. And I was like... (laughs) This is not the correct approach to take here. You know, anxiety for me is not like the root cause. I want to figure out what is the, in the symptom cluster, like what is it speaking to? So yeah, it's nice to find people that do take the whole approach. You were speaking about blood flow. You do talk in the book about how the number one strategy for optimizing a healthy brain and mind is supporting blood flow. So for listeners, just so they can have some really practical takeaways, what are some of the best ways to do that? And I find it really fascinating that caffeine and alcohol, do they both reduce blood flow, even though one's a depressant and one's a stimulant? You think they would have opposite effects, but how does that pan out? Alcohol is a depressant, so it's going to decrease blood flow. Caffeine is a vasoconstrictor, so that means it constricts blood flow. And you don't want that because if it constricts blood flow, it's prematurely aging the brain. So avoid things that hurt it, do things that help it. So you want to avoid anything that damages blood flow, caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, not exercising, hypertension, and any form of vascular or heart disease. And so the guys that are listening Erectile dysfunction is a vascular problem. And so if you have blood flow problems anywhere, it likely means they're everywhere. So the things that increase blood flow, exercise, ginkgo, certain foods like beets, oregano, cayenne pepper, rosemary. And so you want to avoid the things that hurt it and do things that help it. Actually, speaking to that, nutraceuticals like ginkgo and stuff like that, what is your approach to pharmaceuticals versus nutraceuticals? And are some conditions more suited to starting with pharmaceuticals? And then are some conditions more appropriate to start with nutraceuticals? And by nutraceuticals, I mean, quote, natural supplements, you know, ginkgo, curcumin, things like that compared to, say, an SSRI. So I tend to start with natural treatments. It's the bias I have unless someone has schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, or they're so depressed, they're thinking they might kill themselves. So other than that, I pretty much start with natural supplements because I found them to be very effective and I'm very good at using them. And in The End of Mental Illness, there's a whole chapter called Mind Medicines versus Nutraceuticals. And they're critics because they haven't read the science. A lot of critics go, there's no science. 
Well, in that one chapter, there's 286 scientific references. So, for example, I'm a huge fan of Saffron, and there are 21 randomized controlled trials showing that Saffron is an effective treatment for depression, as effective as Prozac, Zoloft, Effexor, Amipramine, and so on. And so I'm really excited about using supplements to balance your brain. Because once you start an antidepressant like Zola, it just, they're hard as heck to stop. And so why would I start something that's going to change your brain to need it in order for you to feel normal? Now, if I do the natural things and they don't work, well, then absolutely use the medications because I don't want you suffering. But we're so quick to go for the pills because it's easy. And then we're not doing the nutrition and the skills, which is a little bit hard. I mean, it's not really hard. It's hard being sick. It's just a different way of looking at it. Yeah. Some follow-up questions to that, especially with the SSRIs. What are your current thoughts on the mechanism of action behind the SSRIs? I know now there's like pretty much a whole reevaluation of are they even affecting serotonin levels? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, the theory is they block the reuptake of serotonin, which means there's more around to work, but it's more complicated than that. What I see is they decrease brain function. So you're starting with decreased brain function. But so if you had a really busy brain, then, oh, they'd be really good because they'd sort of calm, quiet it down. My wife has a book coming out in January called The Relentless Courage of a Scared Child. And she talks about getting cancer when she's 25 and getting very depressed, I mean, where she felt passively suicidal. And the doctor put her on Prozac, which completely disinhibited her. And she said, I wasn't so depressed, but I didn't really feel anything. And I started making really bad decisions. And when I looked at her brain, that's the worst medication for her because she already had sleepy frontal lobes and it dropped them further, which is likely to disinhibit someone, which is in fact what it did for her. Wow. You really need to get your brain scanned before <laughs> before you go on, before you decide what route to take. Speaking to that about the natural supplements and people say that there's not science. For example, you were talking in your book about, I did see that you, you mentioned saffron a lot, which I hadn't really researched saffron much. But you mentioned in the sleep section about how ginger had melatonin. And so I started researching ginger. There were so many trials on ginger and the direct mechanism of action for how, I don't want to say it functions like a drug, but you know, like how it's changing genetic potential and like what it's actually doing on the receptor level. And I just think there's a disservice in our world that these natural compounds aren't taken with the credibility that I think that they can quite often serve. So for a person who is struggling with, you know, some sort of mental health issue that they would like to get to the root of, they can go to your clinics and get the scan. And then what would it look like if they get the scan afterwards, like the treatment protocol? Is it addressing the different lifestyle factors? What does that look like? So it's actually, you know, we go through those four circles. So there's going to be biological things we want you to do. One of my patients, like, you need to stop drinking because it's a problem. You know, that's when his marriage has the most problems, when he's drinking. So we have to avoid things that hurt the biology of the brain, bad diets. So diet, supplements, medicine if needed, exercise. Psychologically, will teach you how to kill the ants, the automatic negative thoughts, how to get your thinking not positive. I'm not a fan of positive thinking. I'm a fan of accurate thinking. And socially, if we need to work on your relationships, we'll certainly do that. And then we talk about meaning and purpose for the spiritual circle. So you end up, here's what's going on in these four circles. Here's how to get well. And then we work it 
And in the end of mental illness, most of the book is actually, if you want to keep your brain healthy or rescue it if it's headed to the dark place, we have to prevent or treat the 11 major risk factors that steal your mind. And for you, you know, we have low blood flow on the scan, and we also have evidence of toxins and infections and gut health issues. And so in that bright minds mnemonic, we'd go through each one and go, okay, what are your vulnerabilities and how are we going to get this part of you better? I do wonder what my scan would have looked like if I had done it when I was at the height of like the mercury toxicity and all of that stuff. Since then, I, I did a lot of actually pharmaceutical chelation, which was taxing on my body, but I got my mercury down. I do sauna every single night. I have an infrared sauna. I do intermittent fasting every single day. My favorite thing in the world is cold therapy. I sort of want to move to Alaska <laughs> for that. So always trying to just tackle all of the things. Really random curveball question. What are your thoughts on psychedelics and microdosing psychedelics? Yeah, I think that's insane. I'm really not happy about. So the big trends in psychiatry, marijuana and CBD for everyone and psychedelics. What are your thoughts on CBD? I think it's the wild west. Did you see the American Cancer Society came out this week and said you shouldn't drink at all? No, really? Yeah, because it's a risk factor for cancer. And But for years, people have been saying alcohol is a health food. And it's complete crap. And I see it on the scans. It's like, no, it's not a health food. And, you know, we're, do, we're sort of going down that same road with you know, marijuana is innocuous, you know, Vice President Biden got shamed by Senator Cory Booker during a debate when Biden said, you know, I don't think the science is clear. And Booker said, are you high? And the science is clearly not clear. It increases your risk of psychosis 450% if you smoke marijuana as an adolescent. It increases the risk of anxiety, depression, and suicide in your 20s if you smoked as a teen. So, yeah, I'm not a fan. And CBD has been unleashed onto the world with virtually no study. I'm pretty irritated about that. And now the big movement is on microdosing psychedelics. And I'm like, are you really going to do that before you take saffron or before you exercise or before you change your diet? It's just, it's sexy. You know, we get well by doing these things. I've just seen too much hurt from the use of these things that I'm like, it's not first on the list. Maybe it's 20th on the list. It's certainly not first. Yeah, my thoughts on the matter, just because my audience will be like, why didn't you say anything? So I am a fan of wine, but only like dry farm wines, for example. So wine that's tested to be low sugar, pesticide free, low mold, no additives, literally like the way wine was before conventional life. I think like the majority of wine today is very toxic. And then like CBD... I think it can be very therapeutic for a lot of people, but the fact that there's just no regulation and now it's just everywhere, I'm like, this is just terrible. So you need to definitely do your vetting. I want to be really respectful of your time. This has been so incredible, so amazing. I will just refer listeners to your book. I mean, it has everything you could ever want to know. So the last question I actually ask every single guest on this podcast, and it's just because I really think mindset is so important for our overall well-being, and that is what is something that you're grateful for? Today, I'm grateful for you and you allowing me to share the message I have with your audience. I'm grateful during the pandemic, uh, my family got closer to each other rather than farther apart. I love that. That's so beautiful. Yeah, actually, one thing I wanted to bring up really quick in your book was something that really stuck with me. You said the, the fastest way, I'm paraphrasing, but you said something about the fastest way to get healthy was to spend time with healthy people or with people, you know, living the type of lifestyle of health that you want. 
And I do think that is a huge issue right now for people with the whole whole situation. So I think it's wonderful that we can still find ways to connect with each other and and maybe come out stronger on the other side of this. Find what's important to us and connect with that. So thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Is there any links that you'd like to share with our audience? Well, people can get The End of Mental Illness anywhere great books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. If they want to learn more about the clinics and our work, they can go to amenclinics.com. So amen, like the last word in a prayer, clinics.com. And if they want to know, it's like, you know, I can't afford to go get a scanner. I'm not one of the clinics. We have a test online, brain healthassessment.com, brainhealthassessment.com. They'll find out which of the 16 brain types they have and what supplements might help them. Fantastic. Thank you so much. That is such a wonderful resource. I will put links to all of that in the show notes. The show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash brain scan. Thank you, Dr. Amen. This has been so wonderful. Thanks, Melanie. Take care. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, melanieavalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at melanieavalon.com. And always remember, you got this.